Welcome to our second attempt, Joe, at a, a I podcast. I feel like this is number three. Is it number three? Maybe. Okay. I know uh, for those of you who um, only check in every once in a while, what we decided to do coming into this year was from time to time or at the end of a major series, uh, offer an additional podcast opportunity just to hit some of the things that mm. don't always come up on a Sunday morning. Some things maybe aren't appropriate for a Sunday morning. Some things it's just a little too in-depth or for whatever reason it gets left on the cutting room floor in prep for a, for a sermon or a talk. And so mm-hmm. uh, the podcast at the end of a series just kind of gives us an opportunity to talk through some things. This is Justin, lead pastor here at Fieldstone Church. And this is Joe, the next-gen pastor at Fieldstone Church. Yeah, beautiful. So we're going we're gonna to get into one more story from the book of Judges, the series that we just wrapped up uh, this past week. But first, Joe, before we get too serious, what do we got going on? It's August. Right, summer is it's the yeah. the third third of summer. Yeah, it's sad. July's over officially. Um, summer's just been busy this year. Yeah, I don't know. If Especially you felt for that. you. <laughs> I, yeah, I I do take plenty of times to sit on the porch or. Or sit by a pool, but um, you've been especially busy. You're, are you even close to done with this bathroom project you're working on? Uh, maybe another week. As oh, it that's always optimistic. Goes. Yeah, maybe <laughs> another week. We'll see. But I am looking forward. We got uh, a couple of vacations coming up here to kind of close. Yeah, out don't I know it? Yeah, you do know it. <laughs> a couple of vacations coming up to kind of get away and uh, hopefully refresh and recoup. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a running joke here in the office that Joe is always either on vacation or getting ready to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. That's um, how life should be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of it is you guys do when you guys vacation, you do it right. Like Kathy and I, we tend to do like this weekend we're taking a couple days to go up and start working on deer stands for the for the season coming mm-hmm. up. So yeah. when we go, it's usually like we'll do one big one and then it'll be Couple days for hunting, couple days for hunting, couple days for more, it, it, and no. then you know a couple yeah. days to her cottage in Grand Rapids, or, or we'll disappear for a long weekend. So it's a little bit more subtle when we disappear, but you guys, you go big, and so it always leaves a little bit more of an impression. So when we, you say big, just longer periods. Oh of yeah, time. yeah, longer periods. You, you guys are season pass holders for Universal. Oh yeah, we love so you, that. You guys head south quite a bit and you like to hook up with family and but it's all good. Just different strokes for different folks, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um but uh yeah, so so really what we want to do here as we head into August is just kind of wrap up this judges series once and for all because we there's it, it is probably the the greatest collection of cool stories when it comes to Bible stories. Like yeah. there's, there's not a lot of boredom in judges and so we hit 6 weeks of it. I didn't even get to do my favorite ones. I, I mean, you start talking about Samson, which is a super fun one. Yeah. Gideon is a great one. Uh, by the way, Gideon, I got to come back to Gideon at some point and hit the second half of his story because oh, all yeah. the excitement, you know, the fleece is at the beginning and the, the getting down to 300 strong for his army is in the beginning. But then towards the end of his life, he kind of gets back to being like idol worship and just an ornery old dude. And so we, we need to come back to him at some point. But Joe, you had Samson, you had Gideon. Um, one of our guys, Eric Lash, took Ehud, which is probably my favorite one. Just oh, yeah. left-handed guy and his 18-inch blade gets swallowed up by the slightly obese Slightly king. overweight king, yes. Yeah, yeah. But there was 12 judges yep. in all, and we yep. hit five? 
We hit uh, six of them. Six. Yeah. We hit six out of the twelve, yeah. and so. Yep. And there's some there's some pretty minor ones in there that get mentioned really quick. Um, so definitely a good book. But Judges, what we find, and Joe, I think you did a good job explaining this in your in your Gideon week that Judges is a major transition point in Scripture, especially mm-hmm. for the people of Israel, where God up to that point had been their king. He was their source of wisdom. He was the one who would guide them. Here's how you handle life situations as a nation. And so there was really no need to wait for that trickle-down effect from, okay, we've got a king, and a king changes his mind or issues a decree, and then it has to trickle down to his immediate staff and then trickle down from them out to the nation. It was, it was simply God said it, either through prophets or priests. He said it, and the nation did it. They followed. They acted. But after Joshua the nation immediately starts drifting and we get into this endless cycle that we mentioned each week where they would be obedient, following God, but then, and in that, they would be blessed and experience life as it was meant to be and then they would drift and, and take on false idols and make decisions completely opposite of what God was asking of them. Um, and then they would experience the consequences of that until they turned from their ways and cried back out to God and he would raise up leaders and he was with those leaders. He would pour out his spirit on someone who could raise up and deliver the people. And as Judges progresses, the obedience of the nation, really the disobedience of the nation, gets worse and worse. And along with that, the quality of the heroes gets worse and worse. So by the time we get to Samson that you talked about this past week, he is just a, he is the furthest thing from a hero of the faith. Yeah. And yet he gets dropped in Hebrews 11 as one of the heroes of the faith. It just kind of shows how low the bar had been, been lowered. Yep for heroes uh, towards the end of Judges. So uh, yeah. that's kind of where we've been, and, and uh, we, we want to wrap up with a, with a quick one today. Now, a, a story we, we didn't tell in the series, and um, it was kind of a, a Levite and his concubine. Yep, yep. Uh, and it's a, it was a, we, we figured it's a bit much for a yeah, Sunday morning. Yeah, <laughs> the story goes have maybe potentially some younger yeah. audience members. Yep, yep. Um, so maybe they're not listening to the podcast. We'll see. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Time to go back to sports radio for a couple minutes. And, and he, so yeah, a Levite and his concubine conc- is yeah. the title of the uh, of the story. And it, a concubine isn't what like really God had in mind for relationships. It's more like a girlfriend, a little bit less than a you know less than a wife. Yeah. Um. Really, just a way for men to let's say, indulge in fleshly desires yeah, without messing yeah. up their legacy or family tree. Yeah, because yeah, she was kind of treated like a wife but didn't have all the legal standing of a wife. Yeah. Her her children weren't part of the lineage. It's just a really kind of a shady setup that they had, for yeah. sure. Oh, for sure. And it was completely devalued. That woman, like, the, the idea of a concubine would devalue a woman within society and within a family. Yeah. Yeah. So. so that's so we want to mention that because we're not going to camp on the concubine thing, but it's not something that we wanted to gloss over because it's a significant thing that um, sure. not only did this dude have a concubine, but it was a Levite, a priestly type individual mm-hmm. who had a concubine. So it's kind of messy there. But this this crazy scenario plays out. This Levite and his concubine, they're traveling and there's there's issues to that part of the story that we're not going to get into. But on on their travels, as they're heading home, they stop in the town of Gibeah, which was part of the tribe of Benjamin. So as it's, it, it sounds unusual, but it's really not. They were camped in the town square, and they were either going to spend the night there or they would have someone from the town approach them and invite them to spend the night with them. And this nice older man does. He invites them to his home. 
says, hey, this, it's really not a safe place for you here at night. I want you guys to come and stay with me. Um, and he proves uh, to be accurate in that assessment. So when they're at his house, some townspeople from the, house, from the city surround the house and demand that they send the Levite man out so that they can have sex with him. So this, this takes on a little bit of a Sodom and Gomorrah type vibe when it comes to this story. Um, and, it get, and, and as crazy as that part of the story is, it kind of gives you a glimpse at the, the type of town we're dealing with here. In order to protect himself, the Levite man sends his concubine out to the crowd and says, you don't want me, leave me alone. Here's my woman. Here's my woman that I sometimes treat like a wife and sometimes treat like a side chick. She's simply there for my benefit. Take her instead of me. Just leave me alone. And they, they abuse her all night long. And when the Levite and the homeowner open the door on the, the next morning, they find her dead outside the house, clinging to the door because she had just been, been ravaged all night long. So, so now we've got a guy with this shady relationship, one that we would look at and say, that is not God's design. And we have this situation in this town that is not safe. They're, they're in a bad place. We have this guy sacrificing his woman in order to save himself. She ends up dying as a result of it. Now here's, here's how he responds, because all of a sudden he's just angry, right? Like, I'm innocent in this situation. I can't believe you would do this to me. So what he does <laughs> is he finishes the journey home, takes his body with him, takes her body with him, when he gets home, he cuts her body into 12 different pieces. Okay. This, is like, this is like horror movie type crap here. Cuts her body into 12 pieces and sends a piece to each of the 12 tribes of Israel. I don't know, how, I don't know if he boxed it up or wrapped <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this probably, looks probably, like yeah. in the ancient world. Sends a piece to each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the nation, as they receive not only this special gift, but the message along with it, the nation is, of, of course, furious with, with what went down. Because this is, this is um, a huge indictment on the whole nation for something like this to happen under their watch. And so as a result, all the tribes except Benjamin, so 11 of the 12 tribes, join up. And they end up going to war with the tribe of Benjamin. And it is exactly as you'd expect. It is total destruction. Only 600 men from the entire tribe of Benjamin survived this civil war. And then there's some additional events that play out. They do some more ridiculous, just totally pathetic, messed up stuff throughout the whole thing. But there's this quote in the midst of this situation. As these, as these 12 tribes of Israel are discovering what went down in this town, in the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, Joe, give me, give me Judges 23. This is their response to these literal body parts showing up. Um, in their region of the country. Judges 23. Joe, let's, let's give it to me. Then Israelites said, tell us how this awful thing happened. Tell us how this happened. I'll tell you how it happened. Now, the individual moments that led up to this specific occurrence are one thing, but how it happened is a slow fade from the time, from the days of Moses and Joshua all the way through the different judges, remember, we're deteriorating. We're getting worse and worse. Even as God delivers the people on multiple occasions, things are getting worse and worse. The heroes are getting worse and worse. The people had rejected God and his way. 
But then God would show up, show grace, and pull them out of their mess. And then they rejected God in his way even more. And then God eventually would show even more grace and pull them once again out of their mess or bring them back from exile or free them from their oppression. But it was always the same consequence. When they would reject God's way, they would experience complete and utter brokenness. And that's what they have here. That's how it happened. There's another big verse. Joe, give me, give me Judges 21:25. It says, "In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did as they saw fit." Israel had no first, first part of that, Israel had no king. Here's, here's the sad part about that part of the verse, Joe. Mm. That means that even God was not their king. Yeah. If Israel, because coming into this, God was supposed to be their king, right? He was supposed to be their leader, their guide, their source of everything that they needed. They didn't need a human king. So when it says that in those days Israel had no king, that means that they had even rejected God as their king at that point. Mm -hmm. Second part of that, everyone did as they saw fit. What we find out from this story from all of Judges, throughout Scripture, Old Testament, and New Testament, what we see in our life, our way always eventually leads to brokenness. Yeah, They had rejected God's leadership. They had rejected God's way. They had rejected his plan for their nation. They had rejected God's plan for humanity in so many different ways. And this plays out in this story. How many of God's, God's Commands, how much of God's character was violated in just this one story of this Levite and his concubine? And they discover when, when God's way is rejected, when God's will is rejected, when God's character is ignored, and we turn to our way, it will always eventually lead to brokenness. Yeah. We clearly, we need something more than our way. I know we always want to turn to our way, but we need something more than our way. Here's a quote that I found kind of relating to to this part of Judges and and this uh, era of Israelite history. It says this, This dark period of Israel's history would soon lead to the demand for an Israelite king, an act that would help to some degree, yet would also reveal the need for a perfect king and Messiah, Jesus Christ. The Old Testament, and we talk about this on Sunday mornings all the time, the Old Testament points to Jesus. There's a lot of different stories, a lot of different things that play out in the Old Testament, but ultimately the story of the Old Testament is to point to Jesus, the coming Messiah, the king that they needed. So God said here, in the Old Testament, you want to be good? You want to be a good person? Here's some rules. Follow those. And they couldn't do it. He says, you want to do things on your own? I'll let you. And what ensues? Total chaos. You want a human king to lead you? That comes next as we leave judges. You want a human king in charge? Great. What you're going to experience is the blind leading the blind because you have one broken individual trying to be in charge of a nation of broken individuals. The Old Testament points to Jesus. And I think what we find is that life points to Jesus. We need something more. We need something holy. We need something Mm -hmm. transformational. And so... For, for anybody listening, I need you to please hear me on this, right? Turn it up if you need to. Um, tell the kids to be quiet if you need to, right? I, I need you to hear this because this is something that we do. And you need to hear this. Stop using God as a last resort. Mm. 
Stop using God as a last resort. He is the one and only answer to our brokenness. But what do we do? We do the same thing that the Israelites do. We do human things that get us into human issues, human drama, human conflict, human brokenness. And what do we, as humans, do with our human brokenness? We seek out human solutions. Yeah. We put our trust in other humans right. or yes. we we look to other humans to lead us and guide us and to give us advice and wisdom right. uh, or tell us how to be or how to act or what to do. Yep. So If only I had different colleagues, if only I had a different boss, if only a different party controlled Congress, if only this, and only if only I could change mm-hmm. these circumstances, if only these people were involved instead of those people, if only this or that, if, if my wife this, if my husband that, if my kids were, and, and we, if, oh, okay, I'll just, I'll read this book by this human author, and they'll fit, or I'll, if yeah. I just listen to the right podcast, right? We, we, we get these human issues based on human decisions and human mistakes, and then we seek out human solutions, and it mm-hmm. just spirals more and more out of control. And then, and then when we come to our breaking point or rock yeah. bottom or right. or what do you have to say is usually the point where we hit our knees and yeah. we finally decide, Help to, me, Jesus, decide right? to do. And, and, <laughs> and not to mock it, but we, we've all done it. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just something that we probably all wish we would have learned a little bit sooner. Yeah, yep, yep. In many ways, just like the Israelites, we reject God as our king. And then when things are beyond anything that we can imagine, we turn back in the midst of our brokenness. But how much could be avoided? Stop using God as a last resort. Make him the first resource mm. you turn to. Keep him actively involved in your life. Share the same way that you would share stories with a friend or yeah. a spouse, share your life stories with God. Let him speak into those. Share your concerns and your fears and your frustrations. Share your mistakes and bring those mm. back to him and ask him what he would have you do. He's going to give you an answer, if not from scripture, if not from some wise counsel of someone that you trust, then he might speak directly into your life through his Holy Spirit and give you yeah. the direction that you need. Stop. Using, he is the only answer to our brokenness, and we have to pursue him as such. No, for sure. And that's a huge theme just within the book of Judges. Yeah. It's a huge theme that we need to recognize sometimes happens in our own lives. Yeah, yeah. And And the truth is we we fail so often, and yet that's where Jesus shows up. Yep. Right. God knew that we couldn't follow the rules. He knew that we couldn't lead ourselves. He knew that we couldn't um, do things on our own. And so that's why it points to Jesus, this perfect, perfect king, perfect example, perfect sacrifice that covers, uh, covers our junk, covers our mess, um, and continually pours that grace out on us. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so, so Judges, is it's fun. Um, we get some giggles out of it, but it's dark. Yeah. Um, and and very revealing about human nature and and the the nature of those who are even trying to follow God. It's it's a mess, um, mm-hmm. and it's difficult. And yet, um, as always, God's grace shows up even more uh, in the midst of that. So. Yeah, and as we're kind of, what's the next big series that we're kind of doing out of this? Uh, well, we've got a, a one-off this week, and then uh, we'll do a couple weeks just kind of to refresh the Fieldstone like mission, transforming family trees. Yep. Yeah, in August, we like to take a few weeks just to remind everybody and, and throw it out because you get a lot of people kind of checking things oh, yeah. out in the summer. So just to let everybody know 
um, what it looks like to to transform family trees with the gospel, and then mm. this fall, big fall though, it's a yeah, big fall, kind of a kind of a God's will kind of a thing. How, how do we know where God wants us to go? What steps to take? And, and asking the question, what do I really want out of mm. life? Because in a lot of ways, what we think we want gets in the way of what we really want, and uh, so really just kind of packs into that. And then we'll do a little bit of a um, generosity stewardship. Um, I guess financial peace kind of a thing, yeah. just generosity God's way later this fall. And, but and, we're uh, celebrating a, a birthday. In the- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. September 17 18- is a Saturday, Saturday, but that will be the five-year birthday of Fieldstone Church. So September 18, we're going to celebrate that. Do, we'll do some fun stuff Sunday morning. We're going to do a big shindig Sunday night. Yep. Free food, inflatables. Birthday cake. Birthday cake. Uh, probably. No, I think we're doing we're doing cupcakes in the morning. Oh, okay. And then uh, hayride, all all kinds of stuff. So we're gonna celebrate that, um, which is it's blowing my mind that it's five been, years. Yeah, we one of uh, one of the members of our launch team, um, they were giving birth to their first child um, in the summer right before we launched. She was our uh, she was our first Fieldstone baby ever. And she is just turned five and is headed to kindergarten this year. That's that's crazy. Yeah, the, the five year birthday didn't really blow my mind until I realized how old she was and was like, oh my gosh, Fieldstone is officially a kindergartner. So Fieldstone's old enough to go to go to school this year, which is cool. So uh, thanks for listening. Ho- hopefully we got you through maybe one commute home or one one drive as you're taking the kids from one pool to the next. But um, have a great mm-hmm. day. Hopefully we'll see you this coming Sunday. Whenever you're listening to this, there's always a Sunday coming. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be here at Fieldstone, unless it's 4th of July or New Year's, because we take those Sundays <laughs> off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. We'll, we'll talk to you soon.